0: Are you experience?
1: we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 400, uh, another milestone episode, year eight, week 28, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with
0: MC and
2: KS.
1: And since this is your regularly scheduled Clubhouse broadcast, uh, you can find us there. The club is the Anarchist Experience. We are now doing the show around 3 p.m. Eastern time for the foreseeable future. Uh, So join us there. And if you want to at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, I I will click the little notification button when we start the live broadcast, and then you will know uh, to join into the club that being said uh what is going on with you guys this week it's been a
0: few uh not much paying attention to Elon Musk like everybody else is
1: <laughs> oh my goodness
0: <laughs> oh and and Kanye while well, he lasted <laughs>
1: i th- those are like those are like two birds in the hand right now as far as what everyone wants to talk about in the mainstream yeah. news yeah. i saw i saw uh, one um I'm going to call it a, uh, a meme or a post or whatever. And it was about Elon. And it's so like, all right, so Elon takes over Twitter um, and removes all the verifi- the verification checks, realizes why they're important, and then reinstitutes them. Um, then, you know, uh, unbans Kanye West, realizes why he needed to be banned in the first place, and so rebans him. And there was one other one that he did, like, oh, he he took off the content moderation, realized why it was important, and put the content moderation back in. And then the you know the 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 uh, the uh, the punchline was like, oh, what a what a smart billion, you know, what a uh, what a ge- uh, humorous genius he is, or something to that effect. I was like, yeah, yeah, look at that, you know, it's, t- it's tougher than it looks, isn't it, Elon? And on the Kanye thing, right? Like two things on that. Um, I was on Free Talk Live, I can't remember if it was this past Sunday or the Sunday prior, and some guy called in to defend Kanye, right? You guys are taking his quote out of context. He is not anti Semitic. Uh he is uh uh, uh what's the other He's envious of Jewish culture, not jealous or hateful towards it. You know, he's like, man, I wish, I wish, you know, with the Jews and the families and how they how they raised their kids, like I wish black culture was more like the Jewish culture, and everyone just blew this whole thing out of proportion, right? And he, the, you know, I was like, uh, it still seemed pretty, and you know, even if that's what the interview said, right? What he said afterwards about going Death Con three on the Jews seemed pretty anti-Semitic to me. And so I don't know how you defend that, you know. So
0: This is a this is a much earlier interview, right?
1: Uh well, earlier earlier than the Alex Jones interview, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. This so, this is the one this is the interview that started it all.
0: Right. So it's not forward to now, and then you can you can see there there's clearly something wrong with Kanye's uh uh right. brain. <laughs> like he's right. he's not like i think i think a lot of it is is kind of like a performance for him okay and yeah. i don't i don't think he under, like fully understands like you you have to like prepare you have to have this stuff yeah. you know you have to think ahead about what you're going to say if when you're talking about this stuff you yeah. can't just blah and think, okay, uh, somebody will take it the right way.
1: PR will fix it later. <laughs> you know, Alex Jones, like, you're not really saying oh, you geez. like Hitler, are you? Like, you know, you don't really like the guy. Like, I love
2: Hitler. A lot <laughs> <laughs> uh, a question. Question. Yeah. Yes. Um w- w- maybe it would make uh I mean what what do you think of the idea though of um having just uh Instead of cutting him off, having a separate channel, saying, "Okay, this is the uh, the dark space." Oh, well, there, there's plenty of those, and that's, yeah. that's that's how he we got. 4chan.
0: Well, that's how he got on the Alex Jones show. That was the other channel.
2: Okay, so there's plenty of that out there.
0: Yeah, he just yeah. can't do it on Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which he, which he still can. That's what I think is so funny because Kanye is so popular. He could, he could make a weird swastika symbols on the side and somebody else will put it on Twitter for him. Okay. Just, just as news saying, this is what Kanye did. Now you know, I, w- I will say I've this, I will say this about the symbol. Um,
1: I don't, I think the symbol is graphically cool. If that makes any sense. Sure right, sure. like the the interweaving of the swastika into the star of David, yeah, it's creative, it's very creative, yes, and it's it's an infinity symbol too, that is like one line or you know one line could be drawn you know w- mm-hmm. without the overlapping, you know like the, the what do you call the you know like the infinity scarf, right, it just circles all the way around the more you follow the line, so it's like, oh man, you know if if he thought of that, like you know props to the creative department. Um, if someone else did props to them. Cause that's, you know, and it was also interesting that with the symbol, right. They kept saying like he posted the, he posted the Nazi symbol, uh, on, on Twitter. Right. And I was like, but no one ever mentioned the star of David part of it. It's a six sided right. star and the right. swastika.
0: Right. And so like if, if I, and actually I haven't listened to much of it. I've heard only the few bits and clips I'm I'm not really interested in yay at all. Like, okay. He's not that interesting of a person. Like, so, like a part of me feels that uh, his career is based on trying to be edgy a little bit, you know? Okay. And so I don't, I don't know how genuine his conservatism is or his uh, support for Trump is. Um, I think some of it is attention seeking and, and, you know, to be, to be nice it might be, you know, okay, this guy's, you know, wealthier than he should be. And he's trying to uh, find himself and find his place in the world. And, and so to spin it a different way, you know, he, he could be trying to work through like uh, some of Jesus's teachings, like love your enemy and stuff like that. But if you don't say it right, or if you don't have uh, the good analogies or the, the, the you
1: know no the, no go uh, on the, this you know, defense the, the starting is if, amazing
0: no I'm not trying <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm trying to say like I I don't follow him. I don't know. And so I d do, I don't know like the, the the context which he's coming from. I really have no idea. But uh but you know, just from that symbol, you know, putting putting the two together and saying, okay, and, he, and I heard him say, you know, there's there's good everywhere. Find find the good in everything, and and so, you know, from from his, uh, I don't know what his point of view is, but um, I think that he thinks like he's he's coming at it from a uh, a good point of view, not not okay. an evil one, so. I mean, we. I don't. We, know, you, you'll have to fill me in if, if I'm completely off base. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, How do, I don't. So what
1: what even, I, do, you, what, what do
0: you think he thinks? That's what I want to know.
1: <laughs> I I want to. Well, here's the thing. In my in my world, uh, Kanye West is a one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. Right, like Gold Digger was cool, and that's the last Kanye song
0: I cared about. Yeah, and so and that's kind of my point. He's right. got more money than he should have. He he's got this kind of like accidental fame. He's he's not a brilliant person to begin with. Right. Um, people shouldn't be following him that much. It shouldn't matter if he's on Twitter or not. <laughs> it's like he, right. he should post something and nobody should care. But he got involved
1: um, with the Kardashians. Right. So there's 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 pop culture relevance to Kanye. Mm-hmm. And I don't typically follow pop culture. So it's weird. It's weird for me to talk about, you know, you're in my situation too. I'm, I'm yes, but, um, (laughs) us being in the the same situation, like I'm, I'm intrigued by the train wreck, right? Oh yeah. It's definitely a train wreck. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know if I want, Oh man. Even if you were right in your assessment of what he is trying to do, right. From the, from the time he got on stage, and uh interrupted taylor swift at that award show right i'm gonna let you finish uh was it Beyonce? but beyonce should have won this award you know he
0: <laughs> okay i mean that's his opinion but
1: <laughs> well but he it was in the middle of her acceptance speech right <laughs> okay. this, this was years ago when he first started to become do you not remember this
0: no, I like I said, I don't okay. follow him. I don't care about awards. <laughs> okay,
1: so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it hits the news. So in the middle, I, I I don't remember if it was Beyonce, but in the you know they it was like a Grammy award or something, and the award mm-hmm. goes to Taylor Swift, and she goes on stage, and starts her acceptance speech, and then Kanye West runs to the stage, and says, "Excuse me, excuse me, I'm gonna let you finish, but I just have to say." Beyonce should have won this award uh, and then, and then, you know, proceeded to let Taylor Swift, the award winner, right. Finish her acceptance speech. And so knowing, knowing that background, right. Kanye West, in my opinion, has always been the attention seeker, right. The spotlight must be on me at all times. And the and, and when the spotlight isn't on him, or you know, then it turns into what do I have to do to get that spotlight on me?
0: Yeah, and I and I mentioned that too. I says, I right? Th- I think some of it is attention seeking, and um, he he, you know, <laughs> whatever he has to do, he's going to do it. And, right. and, which, and I, which is why he out wears
1: the outlandish outfits. Yeah. Right, which is why I mean he wore the mask on, sh- on the Alex Jones show.
0: Yeah, being on a show with a mask completely covering your face so you can't see the person is uh, On a radio show. Yeah, a little bit ridiculous. Well, it's not just a radio show, yeah, they record yeah. a video too.
1: It's a uh, yeah, it's a video broadcast of a radio show. It's, you know. Sure. Like we can turn like Free Talk Live turns on the cameras. We're doing a fucking radio show. Sure. Right? sure. I listen I listen to, you know, well, the I mean,
0: Tech Radio show and they Alex have a is uh Alex's video st- of his studio is is actually pretty good. I mean, it's it's kind of up there with, yeah, uh, you know, almost you know news quality. You know, okay, or mainstream. It's it's. But he doesn't do graphics,
1: got, right? We're not talking about the weather, and we're going to show you the weather map because you're watching a video feed.
0: Right? Sure. I mean, he doesn't have a, you know everything, but yeah, uh, he he a has a nice show. studio. It's yeah. presentable and. He's got he's got good lighting and good audio yeah. and <laughs> no I get it but uh, again you know if
1: you you're not missing anything from the Alex oh. Jones show by listening to it in its natural form uh, like, which is a except for the, the the mask <laughs> right well then you get the you know then you get the video afterwards and it doesn't even make sense yeah so any anything to get the attention regarding the Donald Trump you know it's weird if he is a supporter of Donald Trump because Donald Trump is running in twenty twenty four. And so was Kanye, right?
0: Well, That that Nazi Jewish star thing. Just go back a couple years. Is is Kanye's support for Trump uh, authentic, or is it just to be edgy to get attention? It's hard to tell, you know?
1: Well, I I don't even want to say it's authentic because he's running against the man. Well,
0: now, but I'm saying before.
1: All right. Well, he started to run in 2020. Like that was, you know, he, f- he failed by not getting the proper documents and signatures or whatever, but he, he made sure. a go
0: of it. But but you don't have to uh, dislike somebody to run against them, you know?
1: Yeah. But if you're libertarian, right. And you go like, well, we really like that Republican guy. We're going to drop out of the race and throw our support behind him. And right, that seems, <laughs> that seems like the more appropriate thing to do. While I have no chance of winning. If you're Kanye, right? But we really like this Donald Trump cat. So maybe I don't run. And maybe I just tell all my peeps to, you
0: know, vote for the D man. Or maybe, maybe you run and then at the last minute, throw your support.
1: Now, maybe we'll,
0: we shall see. But, but, but if you run on a Nazi platform, I don't don't know how much this is going to help. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So it's, you know, so again, it's, it's definitely attention seeking. It's weird to go to that extreme. Um, to uh, tying it into the the Kyrie Irving thing like I didn't even know that that was a Netflix movie right the the, the Hebrews movie that Kylie Ir- Kyrie Irving got in trouble for I, I I heard about it. I immediately went to the torrent sites to download it. it took forever to get like a copy of, a shitty copy of it and then someone's like Netflix refuses to pull it down I'm like oh crap this was on Netflix the whole time. I would have just bumped some <laughs> Netflix subscription and checked it out. Um, but but even that, right. Um, I don't, I didn't watch the whole documentary. I got like half an hour in. I'm like, this is stupid. And there's so many ads in the beginning, but we, we are aware of, of, uh, the black Israelites, right? They're, they're many little terrorist group. Um, and if you're not aware of them, you should be aware of them because they were the ones, uh, when Nick Sandman, the, you know, the, the Kentucky Catholic kid, uh, where the engine dude got all up in his face, right? There were black Israelites on the scene protesting and doing their thing too. Right. And they, they got no recognition uh, because that engine dude dump, jumped up in Nick Sandman's face, you know, and was, was banging his drum at him. Um, so there, that's, that's like, that's a known entity in certain circles, and now whatever their position is about being the being the real being the real Jews and the real Hebrews or whatever you know being usurped by white Jews <laughs> like this you know that's that's also not news and if it's news to you then i'm so, i'm sorry you weren't paying attention for you know for a few years now it's just all being dragged out into the public um, into cancel culture you know, and blown out of proportion. But there was a clip. I don't know. If you haven't seen this clip, it's funny as hell. It, it, it resurfaced after the first Kanye diatribe about going death con three or death con six or whatever on the Jews. And it was a clip of, uh, of uh, Bill Burr. Are you familiar with the comedian? Yes. Okay. It's hilarious then because several years ago. He was talking about, he did a bit on Kanye, and he, you know the bit was basically like, you know Kanye's in the news or whatever, and it's weird if you listen to this guy, like, when you listen to Kanye speak, like, what you have to do is just close your eyes and listen to the words that are coming out of his mouth, right? Like, he is a total narcissist. You know, he said, uh, the, the quote Bill Burr had was something to the effect of, like, my only regret in life is that I would never be able to see myself perform live, Right which is which is hilarious, you know. And he goes like, the narcissism, if you stick those words and that level of a narcissism on a white guy, then it sounds, you know, like a Nazi, right? And he's like, zig zag hell. hell. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> right, Bill burke called it cuz several years later Kanye West
0: comes out and does this nonsense. Sure. Yeah, so that's it. Um, there, there's no good in Kanye. He's a narcissist. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that's the <laughs> attention thing part. He's definitely he's definitely a narcissist, right? And that, that that pattern of behavior persists throughout his career, um, and personal life, and whatever. Now, does he need help? Probably. Will he accept it? Probably not. What is the goal in all this? Who the fuck knows? Um, but it, you know. It's, it's the tra- it's the uh, train wreck that you can't look away from, because people try to defend it. You go, nah, kind of sounds, kind of sounds, you know, kind of sounds anti-Semitic to me. Now, should he be allowed to say it? Right? Should he have a platform for it? Absolutely. Right? I wouldn't ban him. I want to hear everything he has to say. Right. <laughs> Less yeah, of the train wreck,
0: I- but that's what you do, right? You. I thought he got. Uh- kicked off twitter a little bit too early i I would have liked to see it go on for a little just just so the public can debate about it first you know say should we delete him instead of just ah he's gone it's like well you missed out half the fun really
1: (laughs) well half the fun and none of the discourse right Mm -hmm. yeah like okay like okay kanye you were on alex jones and you said these things right now please either defend it or say it again, or you know tell us what you re- if if we're misunderstanding you, right? Tell us what you really mean, and if we're not misunderstanding you, well then clearly, you know there are social consequences to those actions, yeah. right? But I you know being being the hard edge uh, free speech guy uh, that I am, I'm not. I'm not lost on the fact that there are consequences to free speech, uh, but I still don't think that speech should be banned right on any platform, right? It, it, they think that what he said is gonna like foment hate, right And it may bolster it, right might people you know people might think that, oh, because Kanye said it, now it's okay to say out loud, right. And I'm also in favor of, you know, them getting whatever sort of social consequences put on them uh, as Kanye, should they say those things out loud, right? Like, oh, you're the Kanye supporter. Yeah, yeah, we refuse service, right? From a business perspective or from a customer service perspective or or whatever, right? Do something like that um, because that's... You know that's that's the part of cancel culture that's allowed, right? I, I brought this I brought this uh, anecdote up before. I'll, I'll do my best to be brief and share it again. It's like the the anecdote about the Nazi and the bartender. Right guy walks into a bar uh, wearing Nazi symbols, right? and the bartender goes like, "Sorry, you can't you can't be in here with that. You got to go." And so the guy goes, and another patron goes like, hey, why did did you kick him out? He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't harming anybody. And the bartender says, well, because he was wearing a Nazi symbol, and if you don't stop that now, pretty soon you'll have a Nazi bar, right? Because he'll think it's okay to wear his Nazi symbol in here, and then he'll bring in his Nazi friends, right? And for a little bit, you know, they they won't cause any trouble and everything will be fine and then more of them will come in right and then pretty soon right when they do start something you can't kick them out because all of a sudden they're the only patrons cuz everybody else has already left and now you have a Nazi bar and so you have you have to snuff out that behavior early so from you know from a service provider from a twitter perspective i kind of get it Right, if you if you allow that sort of thing on Twitter, uh, then all the left leaning liberals or whatever will deuce out go to Mastodon like they already are, and pretty soon Twitter is now the echo chamber, or uh, for for Nazism, right? <laughs> potentially. Right, that's that's the that's the fear, at least.
0: Yeah, what what I heard about Mastodon is, uh, all the Karens went there. And so they're all reporting each other. <laughs> nice. I, and the admins, the admins, just ha- have had it. Like they they can't get anything done because they're constantly being flooded with, yeah. you know, oh this person is bad, kick them off. This person is bad. Like everybody, everybody thinks that everybody else on Mastodon is is well, they're not left enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a Mastodon instance? Like, are you- no, no, okay. I
1: don't care. Well, okay, it's fine that you don't care, but because Free Talk Live has been kicked off and banned from so many places, uh, Free Talk Live runs their own server on Mastodon. Oh, okay. So you can so you join. You can't get kicked off. What's that? Can you not get kicked off now? You would, well, you would not get kicked off a Free Talk Live server, right? Most likely. But
0: can't, can the whole server be kicked off of Mastodon?
1: No, because it's federated. The only thing that can happen is other servers can refuse to connect to you. But you can always have your own little, you know, like FreeTalk Live will always be able to accept new people onto the FreeTalk Live server. And those people will always be able to interact with with each other. And if other servers, you know, uh, if other Mastodon instances want to associate or disassociate with FreeTalk Live, they are free to do so. And in doing so, you would not be able to connect with those people. So it's completely decentralized. It's not one, you know, all those Karens complaining, right, that's because that server, you know, host decided to let those people on their server, and now they are paying the consequences, right? So even even um, the the tech show that I listen to, they they have had a Mastodon instance for a while. I've never joined it, um, and the, the host was already lamenting, you know, that he's getting all these requests for people to join the server, but he's not letting anybody on. Like, if you want to get on that particular server, you have to acknowledge in some way that you are a listener to one of the shows or to the podcast network to get onto his server because his server is only for fans of the shows, right? And then you can, you know, you can, you can um, subscribe to or connect with other servers out there. So the concept of Mastodon, it's fucking fantastic, and if you get if you get deplatformed too many times, right? You're you're always free to start your own server, and say whatever you want, and no one can shut you down except you know the the ISPs or the you know the hosts or the the internet hosts or whatever. So yeah, cool. Some something to look into, um, but also like I, I signed up when Free Talk Live launched it. And I checked in maybe you know less than half a dozen times, and I don't do shit over there either. But it's available, and I like the concept. If you're into that sort of thing, just like I don't post, I haven't posted on Facebook in three or four years now, and I don't really tweet all that much. You know, I, I have it all federated out on my own to follow certain topics to make my newsfeed yeah. clean.
0: So um, if uh, if Kanye is uh, is just a narcissist, and it's pretty simple to determine that. Um why is it a big threat? I mean I understand you, you explained why he you know can be banned from Twitter and it's not that big a deal but um there there's there's a lot of people who who probably think because he was banned from Twitter that he actually is a a, a, a violent uh he's, he's pushing violence or whatever yeah I'm I mean if you're asking me
1: personally, I don't think he's a threat. I, I think I think that they think he's a threat um, because it, I think it's, n- it normalizes I think it's probably, that sort of speech.
0: I think it's probably more uh, – well, it probably does start to normalize that type of speech, um, but it's probably more for the advertisers <coughs> to say, hey, look, we, we did something, and so we, we're proving that we're not uh, 100% free speech.
1: Well and advertisers pulled out of Twitter, you know, and some of them came back. Yeah,
0: something prerogative. So 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 now the advertisers can say, Hey look, Twitter banned somebody. They're not so bad. We yeah. can advertise on there now. We're not gonna have uh, our stuff associated with you know. Yeah. Uh, black Nazis.
1: I forget what show I was watching trying to th- I'm trying to think I don't I don't watch a lot of TV shows. Oh, it might it might have been The Boys. Have you watched any of The Boys?
0: Uh yeah, I don't think I finished the last few episodes of the second season.
1: Okay. I don't I th- it might be season 2. Mm-hmm. Um it was uh the ha- are have you seen the season with with the character Stormfront? Yes. Okay. So Part of that season, right? Like she comes out there as the superhero, says a whole bunch of you know anti-immigration things, right? And then some dumbass walks into a convenience store, thinks he's dealing with an immigrant, right? Or one of those, right? And mm-hmm. shoots the guy in the head, right? And I, you know, it's it's a draw. It's you know, it's a it's an action comedy drama, whatever genre you want to put that in. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that that type of fear is unfounded. Um, sure, right. I so, mean,
0: it's it's the same thing that that I feel. Um, every every single time uh, a liberal, white or not, uh, starts saying that that uh, white men are the most evil thing uh, on the planet, you know, it's like, well, yeah, that could, um, you know. Turn against white people pretty pretty
1: easily. Yeah, you could easily walk out into the world and get punched, sucker punched in the face just for being a white dude. All of a sudden, yeah, right, because yeah. because it becomes normal to talk about, and then becomes normal to act on it. And and we also know this from all the radicalizing that the FBI does, right? Like uh, all the all the fake terrorists that they stop right was someone who had some irrational fear towards some group of people and the FBI went we should strap a bomb on this kid right and then we'll bust him right but up and up until the part where the FBI busts him right that could have easily been anybody else with the same funding as the FBI taking advantage of you know a retarded kid right mm-hmm. so people can be radicalized and if they hear a celebrity say certain things that makes it normal, then they feel more confident in also saying it or acting on it. That's all. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah. in the case of, in the case of Kanye, right. It becomes normal to talk about because Kanye said it. If they don't put the kibosh on it, right. Then more people start saying those things and yeah. it spreads.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still you know totally confused by what he said and, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure, uh, what his point is. So, um, cause he was saying that, you know, he, Oh, he loves everybody. And so it's like, and then, Even and, then Hitler. The, and, and then the symbol with, you know, the star David and, and the swastika, it's like, Oh, like everybody should just be one or something. And so I don't know if he's like bringing out his inner Buddha or what. And that's, that's an interpretation. <laughs> I mean, like I don't know, like if, if he doesn't say what it is, but he 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 did say in that interview that that he he was trying to say he doesn't uh, he doesn't hate Jews. Okay, I think isn't that what I don't know? Did you watch the whole Alex no, Jones thing? Not or? at all. Oh, okay. Well, I I watched a clip of it. It was really confusing, and I, and I just like okay. Well, he's banned. Who cares? Yeah. Um,
1: Same with the Sam Bankman Fried interview or whatever. I watched like mm-hmm. the first ten minutes of that one. I do not need to hear. An hour and a half yeah, yeah, of him, yeah. like you know, apologize. Yeah,
0: yeah. He'll, he 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 definitely uh, deserves to go to prison, uh, whether he thinks so or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think I almost think that they might be like baiting him as well, right? Of hey. course,
0: yeah. The, come on our show, say something crazy, and well, they get clicks for it. So not
1: just not just that. I'm talking about like by not. Putting out an arrest warrant or by not having him extradited, right? Oh, like, oh man. no, you're you know, just you know, we just want as long talk as he keeps you.
0: talking, he'll he'll say something stupid,
1: right? But I want, I think they're waiting for him to come back to the United States, thinking that it's safe, right? And then oh. they'll nab him,
0: right? You know, uh, I don't, I don't know if he's that stupid. He's pretty stupid, but I don't okay. know if he's that stupid.
1: <laughs> We're talking about the same guy, right?
0: Well i I think he realizes how how much uh is at stake okay that that much is true um so yeah i and the audacity
1: to start raising funds to pay back funds you've stolen well that's
0: that's that was his game all along that's doubling was down was on the ponzi funds. scheme it, it totally is he does like that's the, that's the thing he doesn't see anything wrong with it he he doesn't he he has a fundamental uh, misunderstanding of money, and there's a, there's a video that proves it with his, There's a video called "Accidental Description of a Ponzi Scheme."
1: Yeah, we talked about that.
0: Yeah, we talk, yeah, last last time. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm with him on that one. It may be an accidental description of a Ponzi scheme, but it was also an accurate description of just about every shitcoin that gets newly minted.
0: So when you, yeah, which there's a lot of Ponzi's out there, but that doesn't mean it's less. Uh, horrific or 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 wrong to to peddle. I mean, <laughs>
1: understood. Again, I'm not I'm not defending him. What I'm what I'm saying is it's it should be uh, it should be a warning to people who operate within the crypto space exclusively. Right, like every every new crypto that comes to market starts off as a Ponzi scheme, and then somewhere along the line, there's an opportunity to be more than that. Or fail spectacularly, or both, or Well,
0: if you're going to be more maybe, and then fail, <laughs> maybe All right. Well, then you know, predict the end of Bitcoin. Then you know, and and that's the difference. Um, uh, B- Bitcoin is an open source project, and uh, Sam Bankman's freed uh, his, his thing is is purely a scam. Okay so they're they're created with different intents and uh, so that's that's basically it <laughs> okay. and i I will say that
1: it's it objectively from the outside looking in it is difficult to see it's difficult to see the nuance in the
0: differentiation i I can sort of understand that, but um Like, okay, we've got this Bitcoin thing
1: and we're going to keep mining it until it hits 21 million, right? And as long as people keep buying into it, the price goes up. And then boom, you're a multimillionaire when you're able to sell, you know, at the peak to the new people coming in.
0: Well, there's there's many ways to look at it. And the other way of looking at it is, well, when it's high enough, then you won't have to sell. Okay. That's kind of, what your strategy is, I think that's that my, that is my personal strategy, but, and so it's, it's, it's competition with, uh, other money. Now, if, if you, if you copy Bitcoin and your goal is to pump and dump it or to pump it and hope it just magically never comes down. Yep. Um, that is, that is fraud. <laughs> so this <there's laughs> true,
1: but, but there's nothing fun there's nothing fundamentally different except the intent which is hard to which is hard to solidify right sam bankman-fried launches ftx right in the hopes that it gets big enough and one day you don't need to cash it out because it's just a crypto that everyone uses
0: across the world right it's 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 much worse than that so it wasn't sbf is his his crypto token was just one part of that. Yeah. He, he used that to convince people that he had a balance and then he stole people's money with yeah. the assumption that he actually had a balance. So it, it's much worse than just like I could create a token right now, start selling it for a penny or less or a fraction, you know, a hundredth of a penny and hope people just buy it up. Yep. And that's, basically okay that's within the 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 laws of uh, uh economic freedom right but when you manufacture a, a price and and you convince uh people to loan you money on that and then and then you misappropriate that money and everything that most of the money that was spent is is to make your image better Right. And then you promise people that, oh, actually I have your money, and then you don't. Right. Um, that's fraud. <laughs> so got it.
1: I, I, I'm with you on that. But let's go back to the token that you just created. Sure. Right. At what point does that not become a Ponzi scheme?
0: Well, if so if you start a crypto right now, just um, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it. We'll just call it I, Richie, Richie, R- Richie's riches coin. There you go. Yeah. Richie's riches. Token. You make 10 trillion of them with your right. computer Yep. and you start selling them. Yep. Now, if, if you go and uh, let's say you've got a million dollars in the bank, if you go and start trading that amongst yourself to give it the impression that it's worth a dollar per token, and now that and now you have all of a sudden 10 trillion dollars. Right.
1: But let's say that, I, let's say I mint a trillion.
0: A f- that, that is
1: fraud though. Okay. Let's say I mint a trillion of them. Right? The the price goes up as I'm selling them to, you know, $100 a token. Right? And I go, "Oh, $100 a token. I'll just mint a trillion more and put those on the market as well." And since no one can see the total, you know, in circulation, I'm just taking advantage of new people buying in so, so I can sell so out what I have. The
0: the, the the part you're missing though, is that if you created a token with a trillion or 10 trillion tokens, um, nobody would buy them from you. Okay. You I would mean, not be able to sell them for a dollar a piece. You just wouldn't be able to, you, nobody would even put you on an exchange. Nobody would put you, you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to spend money to make, the coin have the perception of having value. And okay. that's the difference between Bitcoin because Bitcoin didn't have to spend money. Nobody, you know, it started off at lower than a penny and people just said, hey, is this usable or not? And people started using it.
1: Yeah. Well, what, what would make my coin not usable?
0: Aside because, from the fact that people aren't using it. Well, because you printed 10 trillion out of them out of thin air. So? Nobody wants it. Nobody would buy it. The only way people would buy it is if somehow the perception of value is there. And okay. the only way you can do that is by using your money to prop it up. And that's called a pump and dump. I If mean, you people, can prop it up.
1: People traded Dogecoin for, you know, fractions of a penny. Yeah. right, All the way up to
0: over a dollar. And that's why I say, I, I've said I've, I like uh, Dogecoin as, as well. But they—that's you know—that—that that is an ample
1: supply. Of the, the creator fake, of Dogecoin of fake mean didn't
0: coin too. The the creator of Dogecoin didn't take his million dollars in his bank account and trade it amongst himself to give the give give it the perception that it has any value. I know people people decided it has value based on whatever they feel, not because somebody is. Uh, I got it. Art, artificially making it have a perception of value
1: i get that i get that that's what uh sbf did what i'm saying is with with my token mm-hmm. right what's what's to who's to say it's more like ftx than doge or it's more like doge than ftx
0: it, it depends on what market. you do with it if 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 you just put them on the market say yeah. hey start trading them that's all i'm gonna do then nobody will buy it <laughs> so, <laughs> but people <laughs> bought do- doge Doge had so no value did, when it started. So why does Doge have value? Because it's it's a early marketing clone. by
1: Elon Musk.
0: It's an early yeah. It is marketing by Elon Musk now, but um, it's an early clone of Bitcoin, and it has wide enough distribution, enough people trading it. Yeah, based but, on its based on its memeability. It's a meme token. It was a joke. It was but a at joke. one
1: point, it didn't have any of that.
0: Right, well where, it, when it, when it came out it was a joke. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And now so, it's now, now but, it's a not a joke or now it's just
0: a Well it's, ju- a couple it's of not a joke. It's like 10 cents worth per Dogecoin right now but Okay. Um why so it also has uh you know like I said it's a copy of Bitcoin so it has some rules to enforce its operation. It's uh is it open also, source? It also has miners and uh, yeah i think it's open source just okay. like uh yeah it's, it's so is the ability
1: to mine the distinguishing feature for not a ponzi scheme
0: no not at
1: all okay that's what i'm trying to get at what what makes any of these new any crypto that gets launched not a ponzi scheme and you're saying it's the, well it's the intent of the coin well no one knows the so, intent of the coin they just they launch it you know and most of them are and well, dumps
0: yeah, if but it's a pump and dump, it's a scam. But you, <laughs> it's, but you can't
1: tell the difference when they launch the token. They all look the same.
0: Uh, not exactly.
1: Go on. Company A launches token, if, token if, A, if, company B if, launches token yeah,
0: B. That, that's one of the ways to find out. If, if, it's a, if it's a corporation or a company that launches it, it's probably a scam because it's centrally uh, managed and it's, centrally, it's distributed according to uh, the central planner. Okay. That's not a safe thing to buy.
1: So any new token to pass the sniff test for scammability would be some sort of
0: open source code or the rules. Not, yeah, not just, not just open source. Um, but uh, you'd have to say, is it being distributed in, in a fair manner? Okay. So like, like Tether is obviously a scam too. You know, they, they've got books and they say, oh th- yeah, we've, we're backed. We're backed by U.S. dollars.
1: Yeah, they were supposed um, you, to be one to one to U.S.
0: dollars. And then, and then you look into their books and say, "Oh no, we have, we have uh, uh, corporate, uh, what do you call them? Papers. We have papers or something. Corporate papers. Basically, okay. it's loans. So people owe them money. Like that's not, that's not money. That's like liabilities. You might not get that back. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they don't own, they don't have anything. <laughs> you
1: know? But when when tether started, it was supposed to be stable coin. One to one ratio with dollars that they were holding. So, Tether you, was a scam from him. its onset. It was not viewed as a scam from its onset. Otherwise, no one it, would trust the Tether. It
0: was based on a lie. We know that now. Yeah. So, that's hindsight. It, it doesn't matter. It's still a fraud. <laughs> okay.
1: That's that hindsight looking back, you know, going like, oh man, look, you know, they, they have lied to us from the beginning. What we thought was, you know, a one-to-one reserve of U.S. dollars for tether coins turned out to not be the case.
0: Yeah, so you have to have some proof of reserves before you believe anybody. Okay. You know, and then even if they have the reserves, that doesn't mean that they're always going to have them.
1: But five, seven years ago, people wouldn't have called tether a scam. Uh,
0: I don't know. I'm pretty sure I did. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure because it's well, I know where it started from, and I knew back then when it where it started from too. It started from Bitfinex after they got you know hacked or inside job hacked, uh, and they didn't have enough uh, Bitcoin to pay off their their creditors. Um, you know they there was a run on Bitfinex and they they couldn't uh, pay it, and so they said, oh, we'll just make this new token with IOUs, and then they got good at that, even though they didn't end up paying anybody back. And then they came up with the tether thing, All right. and they were like, "Oh, look, we could just we could just make tokens, and and we'll just call them a dollar and sell them, and and people are buying them. Holy shit! Because it was an easy, it, is, it was an easy way to trade into U.S.
1: dollars on the exchange. I understand the exchange. what it's used for, but yeah. but
0: that doesn't mean it's not a
1: fraud. <laughs> well, I I mean a minute ago we were just talking about what is being used for being important, and if people are willing to trade it for a certain price, then it's not a fraud. Mm. If the market sets the value.
0: Yeah, if if the market sets the value. So All right. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. We'll see if Tether holds his value. All
1: right. Let's move on. K S, you wanted to talk about the World Cup. Yeah, it was um the other thing that I didn't
2: uh I didn't know anything about that, so I'm just a listener
1: of you guys. Well, that's that's why I <laughs> moved on, because I wanted to get you participating in the show.
2: Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, well, World Cup... Uh, Soccer for the, the masses. masses. Beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, that... Uh, <clears throat> it seems great that people are doing, expending all this energy on <clears throat> sports competition rather than Uh, military competition although I mean it can be argued that this kind of nationalism, nationalistic fervor um, you know paves the way or builds the enthusiasm for military conflict as well any kind of nationalism fuels into this thing maybe it would be better to (coughs) devise a, a sport competition by individuals and private companies rather than um the national teams okay which is what the olympics and and uh world cup competition is all based on and it doesn't really make sense i mean if you look at populations of some country like the united states 330 million competing with a, uh, a country like Qatar, with with 300 people <laughs> should mean, any uh, should any
1: mind be paid to that in in uh, you're, you're saying cutter uh there's been so many pronunciations of that um, and the, the repressiveness of the regime?
2: And the uh, rules well, set
1: forth in the country for fans and attendees?
2: That's another reason to go as private clubs instead of national uh, national clubs. Okay. Know, but if you, you go to a private club, through. you still
1: got to follow the rules of the country.
2: Right? Um, uh, well, but then you... You can, as private clubs, when they they associate with a private uh, um, football or soccer federation, and then whatever the federation decides about the rules for the club, that's that's the rules. But okay, um, it it doesn't have to follow along guidelines of a particular country.
1: Okay, doesn't that okay? So sorry, then does to me what that sounds like is just your national competitions. Right, like the you know the English Football League, or America has Major League Soccer, and the, you know South America has whatever club that their teams play in. Right, and then every right. four years, right, you take the best of the best from each, and you have this one tournament in sure. some random country. Right, so the, like, uh, the privatization they, just sounds like club play.
2: Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Okay. So we've already got club uh, right play now.
2: Here. Right now we've got. Well yeah we've got club play, so uh, maybe it's uh, like for example I guess uh, you could say the World Series is a competition between private uh, baseball clubs yeah um, but they're all located in this country um, open it up to to any club baseball club anywhere in the world same thing with uh, with football now people might still find an, a, an attachment to a national club but it's the more they integrate the the clubs with players from all over the planet, uh, the less nationalistic it becomes, you know, okay. because now you're really looking at talent of individuals compared to, uh, uh, populism about, uh, national teams. Okay.
1: So for, for the world series, for instance, uh, whoever wins our world series would then go on to the world world series or the world cup of baseball to play the national winner of whatever, you know, however many other countries put
2: on their tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably, uh, clubs playing in the world series would truly be a world series competition. Okay. I mean, you got,
1: you got Canadian teams on there already. They just, they lose. So no one talks about.
2: Yeah. But that, that switched, uh, with, with hockey. Uh, after a while, us, us teams lost all the time to Canada, Canada, but as they got more experience, they, they started to win. Same thing with, uh, football. I mean, the, the U.S. football, I mean, soccer team uh, had no experience with it, but as they got better, now they've finally graduated into the final round of competition. Yep. They're still far from competing with the others, but
1: well, and the women in the U.S. were good for several years, right? And then that program took yeah. a
2: nosedive. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't follow uh, women's uh, soccer all that well, but I, but the popularity is just. How many kids right now are starting to get enthused about the game, and and the nice thing about it is that, that the nice thing about it is that it, uh, uh, it they it welcome talent from anywhere in the planet. It's it's the best uh, exhibit of migration, uh, allowing people to go and and people to hire, uh, you know, to include them in the competition because they're good, not just because they're okay. of the particular nationality. Same thing with basketball. I mean, we're seeing uh, basketball talent from all over the planet. I, uh, and they, uh, you know, if they're from Serbia or from the Senegal or whatever, the, the basketball teams want the very best talent. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, uh, their nationality. And that could be a set, a good example for every company of every kind of, uh, uh, competition. All right.
1: I, I see what you're saying. Um, my only, I don't, I, I haven't been watching any of the World Cup because sports is less of my thing nowadays. Uh, that being said, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly gearing up for the return of the XFL next season. Um, I got my team picked already. Go San Antonio. So i you know, there's, there's no local team up here, and there's like three teams in Texas. So I'm going with one of the teams in Texas.
2: Um, how is xfl different
1: from the uh, nfl uh it's not going to be as good <laughs> and and the rules are going to be changed a little bit to kind of accommodate that um yeah it's 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 just a, it's a smaller league it's you know launching again for the third time and it's going to happen after the nfl season so in the spring right like you know after after the super bowl this mid february whatever the XFL will start playing their games. Um, And it's, you know, it's, when I say not as good, it's because the high quality top paid athletes go to the NFL and then, you know, the, the college students who didn't get drafted or the, you know, old timers who were, you know, rode the bench for three years on the Bengals, right. They'll get a chance to, to play football professionally again in this newly formed league or newly for the third time formed league. So the, the quality of the game is going to be somewhere between college ball and NFL. Um, maybe not even as good as the USFL or NFL Europe. If you watch, you know, if you pay any attention to those or Canadian football for that matter.
2: Uh, One big drawback about national sports on like the NFL uh, is that they get enormous subsidies and privileges from, uh, the government, these enormous stadiums, these, uh, um, well, that's probably the biggest thing, but also I think they have um, they play by different rules. They, they're exempted from the Sherman Antitrust Act, so that they can set the rules and prices and everything is exclusive monopoly. And I think that that basically keeps out these minor leagues from these major stadiums. And uh, I don't know all the uh, the ramifications of this, but I'm guessing that uh, these Teams, the AFL and the NFL, uh, have all played, um, you know, a, a really strong game with Congress, well, and with every s- state legislature to get massive subsidies for their stadiums. And it's hard for for rival sports to compete with them because how can they break into this stadium world yeah. so heavily subsidized?
1: I I hear the concern, and at the same time. um I don't think the XFL is going to be playing those larger stadiums and I don't even think it'd be cost efficient to do so. Like I, I can't see, I can't see an XFL game selling out an NFL stadium, right? Like you watch the baseball games and you know, and it's an afternoon game and there's like a couple thousand people in the stands and the stadium just looks empty and it's bad optics. I think that's what you would get if you put an XFL game um, in an NFL stadium
2: at this point. I was just, you know, you know, just, you uh, find the same Like in Hawaii, we had a, uh, uh, convention center that was paid for by the taxpayers. Um, and, uh, but local people couldn't book events there. It wasn't, you know, it was only for conventions that were coming in from out of state that could pay huge amounts of money. I think they, they finally changed that to some, some degree, Okay, but that's a problem. Uh, you know, if the taxpayers paid for a stadium, um, they should be able to set the rules so that anybody in any high school teams could play in those stadiums, even if it doesn't fill the stadium. Yeah. Um, why well, should they go unused most of the time? The
1: the the high school that I went to played all our games at Aloha Stadium.
2: So, yeah. Stick. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. There, there was Well of course that was, the the private yeah. schools
1: booked the stadium. The public schools, you know, ate shit and played in front of a hometown crowd.
2: Really? The, the the public schools couldn't couldn't use the Aloha Stadium?
1: I don't know if they could, but Friday and Saturday night was ILH football games at Aloha Stadium. Right. Hmm. You had six teams, yeah. three games across the board. Sometimes J V even got to take the field, depending on oh, yeah. the night. Sometimes, sometimes it was a triple header right after school, right? If, if UH had a game on Saturday, right, there was a triple header Friday night of all six ILH teams at Aloha mm-hmm. stadium. So you get off of school at two thirty, you head down to the stadium first games at three, second games at five, third games at seven or whatever, you know, three, six and nine or whatever happens to be now uh, you buy one ticket to get in and you get three, you know, you get three high school football games in one evening at the stadium. And, the, and the only the time the, the only time the public schools got to play in the stadium was when they were in the championships, as far as I know.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I don't know anything about the the uh, arrangements uh, here on, for those high school games. Yeah, but I'm curious. Uh,
1: look into it then, because it's when, been a while since I've been in high they, school. But
2: that's the way it was. They use it every night of the week. You know, uh, I mean, not just Friday and Saturday night, but. You know, every night of the week should be open for the use, and just the you know the expense to the to the school would be whatever the maintenance costs or operation costs yeah. would. Now that may be a lot at some of these big stadiums. Yeah, but that's partly because of their design. If they were, if they knew that how they were going to be operating, I'm guessing they wouldn't be building these uh, particular kind of stadiums. It'd be something that built that would be much more uh, user friendly. Sure. I mean, there used to be a lot, a lot more small, medium-sized, small and medium-sized stadiums all around the state. I think they used to have baseball fields and which could be converted to a football and all that sort of thing too.
1: There's still fields all over the place. It's the infrastructure for the fans, right? Yeah. There's there's not a lot of bleachers all over the place. There's not a lot Mm -hmm. of hot dog vendors and snack bars and restrooms all over the place.
2: I remember that when they first constructed the Aloha um, at the University of Hawaii Manoa Field, they, they constructed a, a softball field. I don't know it was softball or baseball, but anyway, when they completed it, it was a problem. 90% of the spectators could not see home plate. They had yep. to go back and elevate the field two feet in order to allow the spectators to see the, the home base.
1: I vaguely remember that being in the news. But yeah, yeah, so poor, poor engineering. But you know, and I, I think what you're suggesting is also again cost prohibitive, right? Like how many, how many events are there on a weekly basis that's willing to shell out the cost to
2: rent out the entire stadium, right? You, yeah. So probably, if you had much more free market operation in baseballs, you'd probably have a lot smaller uh, stadium facilities. That would be much more efficiently used, and there'd be a lot of competing teams not not just you know on uh, what uh, twenty teams there'd be hundreds of teams in competition
1: yeah. i'm kind of with you on that right like I want what i what I really want uh, is like the Harlem Globetrotters of football right they just go around <laughs> and challenge anybody you know
2: yeah, that was great actually right. they they were great marketing. Uh, because they they looked at it as entertainment, not just the sport yeah. competition, but and and as an entertainment thing. It got more people interested in basketball, especially in uh across you know, urban uh neighborhoods yeah. than anything could have done.
1: It also morphed into that, right? Because the Harlem Globetrotters were so dominant that they in you know, no one wanted to come watch a blowout every night, even though they were skilled. <laughs> So they started incorporating <laughs> the entertainment and the crowd and the theatrics into their presentation. Um, yeah.
2: Did you ever see them play? Yeah. I've
1: I've seen them live maybe three or four times in my lifetime. It's good. So it's
2: funny. Yeah. What are they still going? Or yeah.
1: I mean, it's obviously different really? players, but as far as I know, they're still touring. Yeah.
2: Fantastic.
1: Yeah. They're still touring. They still play the same, you know, the same uh, Washington generals or whoever they are because <laughs> it morphed into that, right? The two teams just tour the country and play each other over and over and over again, and one team always wins. Yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> there's,
2: been,
1: there's been a couple oh, of times yeah. where the Globetrotters, like, lost track of the game with all the theatrics yeah. and fell behind and couldn't, couldn't pull off a victory.
2: Couldn't. Really? <laughs> so if,
1: you, if you're able to, like, catch one of those, that's money right there. <laughs> Um, one final thing that I want to say about the World Cup, because in my opinion, like in a lot of sports, I really value instant replay and, you know, fairness of the game like baseball. I want that lasered strike zone so we know what's a strike and what isn't a strike and stop leaving it up, uh, you know, to the umpire all the time. Like, you know, man, man created, you know, man made errors. Um, But after watching, after watching the video clip and the video evidence of the Spain, Japan, uh, I don't want to, I don't know what to call it, uh, problem, right, it seems that the electronic scoring has gotten a little out of hand. So if you haven't seen this, uh, Japan was about, it affected Germany because this one play basically bounced Germany out of the World Cup. So there's a whole bunch of pissed off Germans. Uh, you know for for Kanye to go like rally um, there's the 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 they were Japan was about to score and the ball appeared to go out of bounds and then it was kicked back in bounds and then they scored right and then every Ooh. view right every shot every angle that they showed on the replay you could clearly see the ball yeah. out of bounds right. Except mm-hmm. if you had this laser scoring thing that said, like, while well, a sliver of the ball was still technically inbounds, and so the refs made the right call to allow play to go.
2: <laughs> so the rule the rule is, I suppose, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing that what they say is the rule is as long as any sliver of the ball it still touches the line, it's still inbound,
1: right? Uh, okay, so... I don't want to say right because that's that is my personal line of contention. No part of the ball was touching the line. Uh, every every part of the ball that was touching the field was out of bounds. Now because the ball is round, you can do the math and the physics and uh, the geometry of that. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bottom part of the ball that touches the pitch was like three or four inches out of bounds. But because of the shape of the ball and how it you know widens at the at the at the maximum width, right, that width, a sliver of that was over the line, but not touching the line. So you yeah, had a, okay. you had a ball that clearly bounced out of bounds, right, when it touched the pitch, but part of it was still in bounds technically. It'd be like a basketball player purposely like dribbling over the line. Right, out of bounds, and you can clearly see yeah. that the ball bounced out of bounds, but uh, yeah. so a so fraction of that was still technically on the line in bounds, and so not out of play yet, right? That's, yeah, and yeah. so yeah.
2: you know, I, and I know they're doing that with uh, all the check of um, what do they call it when a guy's too far forward?
1: Like, the offsides.
2: Uh, offsides, yeah, yeah, They'll do that. I, Electronically now too. I seen
1: an example of that, and it looked ridiculous because they were like chest to back, right? And he said, "Well, because his head position was further back, you know, further offsides than than the defender, right? Or that his arm, when he swung his arm out, was the part of him that was offsides, right? Even though okay. chest to back, right? That yeah. they they called that at offsides."
2: okay in the absence of that though if you have a just human eyeballing uh the condition there's a lot of room for for human error or human bias or just uh you know preference of the refs, you know and so i mean it varies from ref to ref so i'd have to go with the technology as opposed to the human error side
1: okay but in in that case right there's there's no way that even though he was technically offsides, there was no way he was gaining an advantage by being offsides, chest to back on the defender. Yeah. Right? yeah okay. Now we're talking, like, you know, it, it comes, you know, the electronics scoring for the Kentucky Derby, right? He won by a nose uh, because the horse stuck his tongue out at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, okay, but, you know, it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> all right anything else on the world cup
2: no no, no, no. all right
1: we're going to wrap it there because we're a little bit over time uh any final thoughts all right that'll do it then you guys know where to find us dot on telegram t.me slash anarchist experience or me slash the anarchist experience and if you would like to contribute to this show financially you can do so through patreon patreon.com slash the anarchist experience thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you all next week Peace.
2: Aloha.